Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Today is a day that we uh, will often uh, participate in and a day that we uh, really gather together as a church family and we come around the Lord's table and we celebrate communion together. And it's a day that uh, Jesus instructed his disciples and he instructed us uh, to do it often, to remember the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. And uh, how often we forget, am I right? How often we get into our lives and we forget about what Jesus did on the cross uh, by dying for our sins and uh, rising again three days later, um, defeating not only uh, sin, but also death. And so today, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be coming around the table. But before we do that, um, I I wanted to focus on a theme that we've been on these past few weeks. We're not specifically in a message series, but a bit of an arc. And um, it really involves food, which is a terribly mean thing for a pastor to do at the beginning of the year, is to focus on a subject that the arc is food, and the theme has been food. And uh, uh, I, I realize many of you are like into the new year, and you've got new resolutions, and a lot of those have to do with food and not consuming it as much. And so I am sorry about that. But uh, I, you know, two weeks ago, we heard from Brandon Smith with No Hungry Children, And we focused on how it's our job to feed the world, um, to help and participate in feeding the world. And they help and feed kids in Nairobi, Kenya. And last week we focused on um, what it means to help uh, serve our community by feeding our community. And many of you are involved with Deep Well and Sandalwood and many other ways to, to help feed those who are hungry in our community. And certainly we do have a responsibility to feed the world as Christ followers, and we have a responsibility to feed uh, those who are closest to us in our community. But you know, we also have a responsibility to feed our souls. And so today, before we come to this table, before we receive those elements, and before we remember uh, the great gift that God gave us in Jesus, I I want us um, to be reminded that uh, we also have to focus on nourishing our souls. And I love the fact that Jesus was so incredibly concerned about just that thing. He was so focused on the fact that, yes, there's physical needs that we have. Yes, there are material needs that we have. But so often, Jesus took meeting a physical need and turned it into an opportunity to teach us and to teach the people that he talked to um, what it meeting their greatest need was like. And their greatest need is, is for salvation. Our greatest need is not physical, although it is physical. Our greatest need truly is a spiritual need. And so Jesus really understood that, and he met uh, all of those needs, physical and spiritual. And we come to this point in John chapter 6. You can turn to your Bibles in John 6, or if you don't have your Bibles, the words will be on the screen this morning. It's, a, it's really a pivotal chapter and, and it's Jesus uh, preaching several different messages. Now, let me just help you understand the context of what we're looking at. And if you were at Roots a few weeks ago, we studied it from a little bit different perspective. But this particular chapter records a message uh, that Jesus gave and several things that he did. And it's so incredibly pivotal because the message that he preaches, the, the teaching that he gives in John chapter 6 
was the beginning of uh, what he said was so incredibly offensive to the Jewish leaders. It was the beginning of the separation between Jesus and his ministry and the Jewish leaders of that day. And when they heard what he said, it was, it was, it was really kind of offensive. And so um, what had happened in, in Jesus' ministry is, is he was beginning to heal people. He was beginning to do these miracles. And word was getting out about this man who was a miracle worker. And so people began to gather, not just in a group of 12 and not even just in a group of 100, but in many cases, there were thousands of people gathered. And famously, you heard the, you've probably heard about, or maybe you haven't heard about the message of, of Jesus when he gathered together a group of people, uh, and it was 5,000 strong. In fact, most theologians believe it was probably 10 to 12,000 because of the way that they counted in that day and age. Uh, and and uh, Jesus recognized something that any good pastor will recognize. If you're about ready to preach a message or if you're about ready to teach something and it's any length at all, there's one thing that people are going to need before or during they hear you for any length of time. And what is that? Food, all right? Somebody said coffee, same thing, right? All right, so... <laughs> Jesus looked around and saw that there was no food. And he realized that the people were going to be hungry. And so he performed the famous miracle of turning just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread into a lunch for over 10,000 people. And so he provided, he supplied, he was the miracle worker that met a physical need of a group of people. He had just um, done that when he decided then to go out and famously walked on water and performed the miracle of walking on water. And, and, and uh, sun sets and the crowd dies down and the, the crowd who's still there around the Sea of Galilee wakes up the next morning and they had just been fed and they had, just been, had, they had their physical need supplied and they looked around and they couldn't find Jesus. So they decided that they would go search after Jesus and, and at this point, they had come to Jesus trying to find this one who they had heard had been this great miracle worker, and they wanted to hang on every word. And in the moment where he supplied them with physical bread and physical um, uh, something to eat, all of a sudden, their attention turned to their physical need alone. And they came to Jesus looking for more bread. I would imagine that at this point in time, Jesus probably felt like some of us have felt when we go to the beach and we're like having a day at the beach and we bring lunch and one of our kids throws a cracker or a chip on the ground and a seagull comes up and picks it up and then that seagull's like, I'm going to call my friends. Hey guys, there's one right here. Come on over this way. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And all of a sudden, they're everywhere, right? If you're visiting Hilton Head, um, I don't know if it is or not, but we're saying right now it's illegal to do that, okay? Don't throw food at the beach, okay? Because when you leave, you're fine, then we have to deal with it afterwards, so thanks for that. Anyway, I would imagine that Jesus probably felt like we do sometimes at the beach when the seagulls just come around, and the crowd finds him, and what do they want? They want food. And Jesus takes the opportunity to help them understand and to teach them that the food that they're really looking for is a food that's spiritual in nature. He takes the most basic need of humans and allows it to point them 
to the most important need of humans, and that's the spiritual need that we have. John 6, verse 25 says this. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. You're out of bread, is what Jesus is saying. Do not labor, he says in verse 27, for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. There's the change that he makes, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. And we see in verse 28, they say to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? They're beginning to get this. The crowd is beginning to get this. And Jesus answered in verse 29, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent, whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what, signs, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? And I'm kind of thinking at this point, man, you just saw him perform work yesterday, really? That's not enough? That's not enough. They had to have more proof. They had to have more evidence. Verse 31, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're they're kind of begging Jesus, supply us with this physical bread. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father, my father gives you true, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. They were beginning to understand. And just in case they didn't understand it, Jesus put it in the most clear terms possible. He said to them, I am the, you can say it with me, bread of life. He says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst our tendency is to see that crowd and to maybe snicker a little bit and maybe think you know you just saw Jesus perform this amazing miracle where he fed you and you some of you just saw Jesus walking on the water and yet you still don't have enough to believe and we may scoff at the crowd we may kind of snicker at that crowd and think you know come on you guys are once you got a taste of physical bread from Jesus you just want more bread we we kind of scoff at that but in reality I I think we a little more subtly a little more indirectly kind of do the same thing we take what God provides physically, and make no mistake, the Word of God says that He provides every gift, every good and perfect gift from above comes down from the Father of lights. He provides every need that we have. He allows you to be able to provide for your family, to put bread on the table, or perhaps He provides 
someone else through someone like something like Sandalwood or um, you know, uh, Deep Well that helps provide that. But God provides for every provision that we have. He provides every bit of sustenance that we need to sustain life. But I want you to hear something today. Um, God is, is far less interested in meeting our physical needs than he is in meeting the most important need that we have. And that is the spiritual need that all of us He understood the physical, so he met a physical need. He could comprehend that we had this need for food and for water, and so he compared the eternal life and the spiritual need that he fulfilled. He compared it to those things that we would best understand. But Jesus is concerned about our souls. And I wonder what our Christian life, our journey would be like if we hungered after God like we hunger after food. Have you ever had one of those days? A long day. It started early in the morning. You might have grabbed a bar for lunch or maybe nothing or for breakfast or, and maybe nothing for lunch and you come home and you're like, people get out of my way. I'm going to the refrigerator now. I don't care what's in there. I'm going to eat. Brandon, a few weeks ago, called it hangry. I love that. That's awesome, hangry. Yeah, that is so true, isn't it? What if we had an appetite for God like that? What if we had an appetite for the Lord that was so ravenous that if we missed it, we thought, man, I'm just, I'm just going to die. I, I have to have that spiritual nourishment. John Piper calls it a hunger for God. He says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And so today, before we come to the Lord's table, before we receive these elements, a small cracker that represents his body, and a small cup of juice that represents the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Today, before we do that, I, I want you to consider and maybe take inventory personally of where you are on the hunger scale for God. How hungry are you to spend time with the Savior? How hungry are you to every day sit down and open his word and be nourished in your soul Imagine what could happen if we, as a church, were a group of people that were ravenous and had an insatiable appetite for God before anything else in our lives. He could do things that would blow our minds. He would do extraordinary things in and among us. So today on this reminder of his sacrifice on this day where we remember what he did on the cross. Let's not take it lightly. Let's ask. Let's take inventory. Let's ask him some questions personally, individually. Father God, we thank you so much that you are a God that supplies all of our needs, as your word says, according to your riches and glory. And God, every perfect gift comes from above. It comes from you, God. And we thank you for that. We're grateful for that. But God, this morning, before we come to your table, before we partake of these elements, 
that you instructed us before you left for the church to do. You instructed your disciples. You instructed your followers to as often as we can remember your sacrifice. God, before that, I pray that you would help each one of us who's in here. Those who might have found themselves here today and uh, they don't know you as their Savior. They're not yet a Jesus follower. And those who are here today who are followers of you. God, I pray across that spectrum that we would take inventory of how hungry we are for you. And God, I pray that you would prompt those who are here today who are already followers of you to become more hungry, to, be, to develop a, a new appetite for you. Something that's maybe like it was when we first believed in you or perhaps when we recommitted ourselves to you or perhaps when we were going through a period of spiritual growth in our lives like none other or maybe a period of time that we were going through uh, trouble and we relied on you and our appetite for you grew. God, I pray that you and your people here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, would, that you would put things and people in our life that would help us grow in our hunger for you, God. I pray that we would be people who truly pay attention to our souls and that we would nourish it, not from what the world says, not from what we think is right, but from you and from your word. And God, I pray as we come around your table this morning, as um, the ushers begin kind of coming to the table, God, I, I pray that we, your people, um, would um, not take this time lightly, that we would pause, and that, they, that we would um, just for a moment remember what you did on the cross. God, that we would remember your body that was torn and the blood that was shed for us. And that we would be grateful. That we would be thankful for what you did for us. God, be with us now. Lead us and guide us. And may our focus over these few moments especially be on what you did on the cross that day. In Jesus' name I pray.